This is a special edition of Faith in Action entitled Sons of Melchizedek, where we welcome priests from the Archdiocese of Indianapolis and the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana to tell us their vocation stories. We are so grateful to and thankful for our priests as they serve us and bring us the sacraments daily. Before we introduce today's special guest priest, we'd like to pray for you, Father. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the gift of our priests. Through them, we experience your presence in the sacraments. Help our priests to be strong in their vocation. Set their souls on fire with love for your people. Grant them the wisdom, understanding, and strength they need to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. We ask this through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns as our eternal priest. Amen. This is Gordon Smith here today at St. Joan of Arc Parish in Kokomo. Welcome, Father Patan. Thank you, Gordon. Glad to be here. Well, this is a program about vocations. I want to get to your vocation story. But first, before we do that, I want to find out a little about you. You are a priest of the Diocese of Lafayette, ordained ooh, about 10 years ago, nine it's going to be 10 years here. It's uh, 11, actually. Oh, we're going on 11. Yeah, we just passed 11. Yes, congratulations. Thank you. So you have been here at St. Joan of Arc uh, for a little bit, and you're really, I think in the pre-interview, you said you're kind of all over the place. Uh, that's because you are in several roles for the diocese. You're the vicar of clergy, for mm -hmm. clergy. You're uh, director of the permanent diaconate, mm -hmm. and you're also... Uh, the director of the Office of Vocations. Mm -hmm. uh, but before we get to that, tell us a little bit about where you've been before this. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, after I was ordained in uh, June of 2012, I was assigned as a, a, a associate pastor at All Saints Parish in Logansport, um, where I spent um, six years in total. Those um, first three years were uh, were as the associate pastor, and then the next three years were as the pastor. I um, was a great uh, first six years as an assignment there. Um, really also learned uh, a lot about Hispanic ministry, um, developed in, in in using Spanish also in, in, in ministry. And so um, it was a great first assignment, uh, first couple of assignments at the same place there to be able to roll in. So Logansport has a lot of Hispanic people there and mm -hmm. uh, a lot of Hispanic Catholics. You speak Spanish yes. fluently. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, I, I I like to say I, I speak ecclesiastical Spanish. I know I know I got a lot of Spanish that I can use uh, in in the church, but get me get me outside of the church, and my Spanish is is not as good. But but yes, I I, I, I do that quite quite a bit. And um, so after Logan, where did you go? Yeah, I stepped. Uh, I was uh, assigned to the Cathedral Parish in Lafayette, um, where I was the the pastor there for for two years. Um, before our Bishops Uniting in Heart um, 2030 program launched in uh, 2020, um, and when I then took over these current roles. And you live here in Kokomo now? Yes, yeah. The uh, facilities here at St. Joan of Arc in Kokomo um, are quite... Uh, capacious and so I've got uh, I've got an office here which is kind of the central part of our diocese um, but I don't have a parish assignment and so um, so I live here and I have my residence here but that leaves me free to 
travel around the diocese to help out other parishes, other priests when either they're on vacation or, um, or uh, uh, you know, they just need some additional help for coverage. Um, or, for example, like uh, there's a couple of parishes that have some Hispanic ministry that they're trying to develop. And so they ask me to come out and help out and do some baptisms in Spanish or other sac or a wedding in Spanish or something like that. And uh, so I'm happy to go out and, and help them out with that. Now, before that, before you were ordained, you were a member of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Parish here Correct. in town, and you had a career in the private workforce mm -hmm. for a well-known company, it seems like about half of my parish, which is St. Maria Goretti, at one time or another worked at Delphi. Mm -hmm. So that was what you did when you got out of college. And where did you, where did you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in uh, Joliet, Illinois, uh, which is southwest of Chicago, about 45 minutes, well, depending on the traffic. Um, and born and raised there and uh, went through Catholic grade school and high school um, in Joliet. And then, um, and always kind of just a, 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 from my dad's influence, always kind of a car guy growing up. And so I wanted to work in the automotive industry um, as, a, as a career. And uh, my high school guidance counselor said, you should be an engineer. I said, okay. You know, and I was very good in science and math. And so um, so I chose uh, what's now known as Kettering University in Flint, Michigan, formerly known as GMI Engineering and Management oh, Institute. Yeah, right. And um, so I, uh, the, the name changed while I was there. So I actually have two copies of my diploma, one that says GMI Engineering Management Institute, one that says Kettering University. But uh, went up there um, because they had a, a lot of connection with the automotive industry and I would actually get to work in a co-op possibly um, with with the automotive industry um, over my years there. And um, so pursued that uh, mechanical engineering degree through them and uh, got that in, in, uh, in June of 2000. Um, and then after that, I um, spent about f three or four months still working in Joliet, but while I was uh, looking for uh, a role in the automotive industry. So when, when you're an engineer, and especially a mechanical engineer mm -hmm. that's interested in automotive things, uh, probably the, the goal or the grand prize would be to be in Detroit. Yes, exactly. And that was the goal, right? Absolutely. Yeah. How did you? How in the heck did you end up in Indiana? It's a great story. <laughs> yeah. Um, so during yeah after I graduated, I uh, went to a job fair in Detroit. Um, dropped my dropped my resume off in a, in a number of, with a number of the big automotive companies, including Delphi Auto, uh, Delphi Automotive, um, whose headquarters is in Troy, Michigan, north of north of Detroit. Um, and, uh, and a few months, month or so later, uh, I got a call from them saying, Hey, we, we've got a position that we think you'd be good for. We'd like you to come out and interview. I said, great. Yeah. And they sent me all, and I said, well, we'll send you all the arrangements, uh, travel arrangements and everything like that. And I said, okay, great. Wonderful. And when I got them and I started to look at them, I'm like, why am I going to Indiana? You know, I had no idea, but I was, uh, naive and, and, uh, 20 year old at that time. And I thought, well, you know, they're a big international company. They probably have a human resources building there in Indianapolis or somewhere. And so we'll, I'll just interview there and it'll be for the job in Detroit somewhere. So ironically, I drove from the South of Chicago into Chicago to get on an airplane, to fly South to Indianapolis, to get a rental car and then to drive North to Kokomo. Yeah, which didn't make a lot of sense. Um, and as I was driving around the east, or excuse me, the west side of Indianapolis on 465, and I was coming north on 31, and kind of driving through Carmel and and Westfield, and and as I was leaving Westfield, I started to think to myself, where am I going? <laughs> 
um, because I, I just yeah I had uh, no sense that uh, where Kokomo was or or that this was um, where I was um, actually being invited to 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 work and so uh, but when I landed here in Kokomo I started to say oh okay here's this big facility here this must be a job for for here and here we're sitting um, maybe two miles from that plant right now exactly yeah so what what goes around comes around and who knows what is uh, the plans that God has in His divine providence right? Amen yeah yeah I you know getting into you know I I, I accepted the job because it was a step in the door you know, for the automotive industry. And yeah, I moved down here, ended up moving into, into Carmel. Um, and, uh, which is why I ended up at Our Lady Mount Carmel Parish as my, as my home parish. But yeah, yeah. It just through the years, um, just looked at and tried to consider possibly, I considered even possibly moving, moving back to Illinois at one point, but, but I couldn't find any work up there. Um, and I couldn't, couldn't get any jobs, but when I decided, well, okay, maybe I don't want to work for Delphi anymore. I might look for some jobs down here in Indiana, like opportunities were opening up. And so it was just, again, looking back on it, it's just like Providence said, God wants me here. But something happened in your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, something happened that, that sent a different message, uh, that was coming from God uh, that to direct your life. What, what was that, that happening? Yeah. So yeah, I, after moving down here, so again, that was um, end of 2000, year 2000, first of 2001, and pretty quickly I actually realized that, that um, you know, Delphi, the, you know, kind of the, 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 the big three auto industry maybe is not the kind of auto industry work I wanted to do. And um, so I started to think about like, okay, well, maybe, maybe this is not where I want to stay. Maybe I want to start looking for other um, options. Well, September 11th, 2001 happened. Um, and at that point, I wasn't going to go anywhere um, for a little while. And so, um, so I stuck it out for a while. And, um, and within that time, I um, had a long-term relationship with a young woman um, that, uh, that should have ended probably before I moved to Indiana. Um, but, I, but I strung it along for a little while longer. And, and that ended up en ending in a, in a kind of an ugly way by my fault. And um, so that coupled with, okay, I moved away from home. I um, have this job I'm not really satisfied with. I'm not sure that this career choice that I've made is, is going to be satisfying. And so I really just was questioning all sorts of things in my life. And um, it was at that time that, <clears throat> excuse me, my home parish, Our Lady Mount Carmel, um, invited, had invited Father Larry Richards to come and give a... Oh, Father Larry. I know, right? Yes, right. We all know <laughs> Father Larry. He has a very direct way, doesn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He, uh, uh, sitting in the, in the church, you know, that weekend before the, for the mission was not planning on going, didn't really know what a parish mission was, um, at that time. And, uh, you know, and he made his, his normal promises, uh, of if you come to the mission, I promise you two things, you will not be bored and it'll change your life forever. And I stopped and I said, well, that's a pretty bold promise for a priest to make. So you want father you're on i'm coming <laughs> and uh yeah and that first night after giving his talk called the truth he he led us through a prayer exercise in which we envisioned jesus coming out of the tabernacle and um, his real presence coming and sitting next to us um, and then and then he invited us to take everything that was going on in our lives to place it in our hands before us um, which was a just something that i definitely needed at that point because i was just like okay what am i going to do with all this stuff that's in my life that i don't know what to do with and then he says, just nonchalantly, he says, okay, now turn and give it to Jesus. And when I did that, something blew up inside of me. And I didn't know what, what was going to happen after that. But one thing I did know was he was right. 
my life at that moment just changed forever. And um, so I, and I, and I knew that I had to, I knew from that point that I had to try to get on board with what God wanted me for, to do with my life. Um, because up at that point, I'd never even asked the question, never even considered it. And you know, it's kind of strange, but we're all on a journey mm-hmm. through life. Uh, you are on an automotive journey, which involves transportation, of course. But this journey turned into a different kind of journey, a spiritual journey for you. Yeah, absolutely. So what happened then? You decided um, you, you had some words with the vocations director uh, in Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Who was that? Uh, Father Brian Dorr was the vocation director at the time. Um, so yeah, it was it was some time, but uh, yeah, I prayed for a little while. And um, it was actually my mom at one point that uh, I was just expressing my frustration at, at the different um, you know, at, at the way work was going and all the things that, that uh, was going on. And, and my, my mom just blurted out one day, well, maybe now you'll consider being a priest. Oh, God bless our moms. <laughs> exactly. I, I had never heard anybody say that to me before in my life, at least not as I remember. And I never thought about it. Um, but I was trying to do what God wanted me to do. I just thought it was going to be something around engineering. But, okay, um, I'm going to ha- cut you off for just a second here because we have to do our second half and take a short break. Great. This is Gordon Smith, and I am interviewing Father Dominic Pitan today at St. Joan of Arc, and we will be right back. With all the things going on in the world right now, it's nice to have hope. When I'm having a really tough day, it really helps me get through. It's just like their program was just meant for you. Catholic Radio Indy. It's the only radio station I listen to. Welcome back. This is Father Dominic Pitan, and we are interviewing him for Sons of Melchizedek today. This is Gordon Smith. Father, tell us a little bit about what you did after your mom said you should consider being a priest. Well, yeah, I, uh, that day, I or that night, I went to bed thinking, my mom's crazy. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And when I go to work tomorrow, I'm going to tell my, my, my friend who was very Catholic, um, who I worked with, I'm going to tell him what my mom said. And he's going to be like, yeah, she's nuts. So I went into work, went into work that next day and I said, listen, Joe, what my mom said. And I, and I told him and he looked at me and he said, I think that's a fantastic idea. Great. <laughs> and, Just the right thing at the right time. Exactly. Right? And so I thought, well, okay, now I need to consider this. And so, yeah, so I prayed about it for a while. And, and of all the things that I'd been considering as a possibility, um, and, you know, I was always finding excuses for all those other things like, oh, I could do this in engineering or I could maybe go down this path. Um, but when I considered the priesthood and the possibility of that, um, I just, you know, I, I couldn't come up with anything, but yeah, I, I don't see why I couldn't do this. And so, um, so that was the point where, um, I eventually had to, uh, you know, I reached out to, uh, Father Brian Doerr and, um, started an initial conversation. We had a few conversations. I, I almost, I almost committed to going to the seminary that year, but, uh, um, but he he said something that that convinced me that I should pause for a little bit, which was I had to make sure he asked me to make sure that I was doing this for the right reason, and that I wasn't doing it because I felt like I owed something to God. And I realized um, that in a lot of my prayer and reflection, I kept saying to God, God, why shouldn't I do this for you? And and so that triggered something in me. I said, okay, well maybe I need to pause and and, and figure this out for a little bit. So I spent a couple of years. Um, I didn't go to the seminary that year. I spent a couple of years, continued working, got involved in my parish, got involved in some leadership things, and and through those couple of years, um, 
you know, God just continued to reveal to me through other people, you know, people who would just ask, they'd say like, you know, getting involved in a Bible study just because I wanted to learn more about the Bible and, and study it. But others would say like, wow, Dominic, you really get this. Like, you should be a table leader. Like, you should be leading these Bible studies um, or getting involved in the young ad adult group and having people just say like, no, 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 like you, like you've got great ideas. You should be like leading, you know, taking on leadership your engineering roles. mind. Yeah, of course. Know, right. right. Intellect. Yeah. Exactly. But um, so just kind of being called and kind of these leadership roles and different things and until until eventually in in 2006 um early in 2006 uh the, the college came back very strongly i was i was in a place where um i felt that you know i had this uh kind of um uh awakening to the fact that okay god had something for me still and i wasn't quite doing it and i needed to figure it out and so um so i threw myself back into sermon and and lo and behold priesthood emerged very clearly again. And so I said, okay, come back a second time. My intentions were very pure, much more purified at this point. And so I said, okay, I got to give it a go. And so. And so you packed your bag and you went to Southern Indiana. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. St. Mindred. Um, it was wonderful. Um, got to go down there and, uh, um, and spent six years uh, there in the seminary. Um, beautiful. I, I I do like to tell people that I'm an evangelist for Southern Indiana. If you've not spent any time in Southern Indiana, please go. It is beautiful. It's wonderful down there. The people are wonderful. The land is beautiful, um, and it's uh, yeah, it's a great uh, it's a great place. But Saint My and Saint Myron is a is a wonderful place to be. Um, just uh, with the Benedictine monks down there who run the seminary, and um, yeah, it's it was a it was a great six years there. Now you are a cancer survivor, mm -hmm. I understand, mm -hmm. uh, and there's probably a tie-in because the Archbishop of Indianapolis at the time, who was um, actually a, a monk from St. Meinrad, mm -hmm. uh, Archbishop Beekline, was also a cancer survivor. Yeah. Uh, so tell me what that tie-in is. Yeah, it was like my second year there um, and at St. Mindred, and um, and we got noticed that Archbishop Beekline had been diagnosed with cancer with a type of lymphoma. And, um, and it was actually um, some months after that that I noticed some lymph nodes that were swollen in my own body. And um, and I thought, and, and it just connected in my brain immediately, like, oh, okay, that I should get that checked out. Um, so I did, and um, and there was kind of a is kind of a funny, not not so funny when you look at it, you know, at the time. But um, back and forth with the doctor who was like, "Well, let's not react too quickly to this. It could be you know just swollen lymph nodes for something else." And and you know, and I wasn't having any other symptoms about anything anything else. I wasn't I wasn't feeling sick. I wasn't wasn't yeah, I wasn't having any other symptoms, and so. Um, so we tried some things and it didn't really make make it go away, but I just thought, well, okay, you know, but I'm not feeling bad. So I'll just kind of hang out for a while and see if anything happens. Well, a year and a half later, it was still that way. And, um, and, uh, and so I finally, finally got the, uh, finally got a bi biopsy confirmed that it was non-Hodgkin lymphoma and, um, uh, and went into, went into therapy um, treatments for that. Um, during the during my time in the in the seminary, and that took you away from St. Minor because there's no medical facility right there. You probably had to go to uh, Evansville or Jasper. Correct. Yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, I, I took my treatments. I had to do uh, uh, every every three weeks uh, a treatment, and for for six treatments, and um, yeah, that was done in in Evansville. But um, but by God's grace and the abundance of prayers, I am certain. Um, uh, I was able to keep up with my studies throughout that year, and um, I didn't I didn't lose any time as far as advancing 
And how are you doing now? Are you doing through it? Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, praise God. Thirteen years now, clear of cancer. Yeah, praise praise be to God. In fact, my oncologist now says um, it's more likely you're going to die of something else. So, um, good luck. Watch it crossing the street, Father. Okay, exactly. Well, let's uh, delve into your family a little bit and mm-hmm. your background. You you said you had a Catholic education, mm-hmm. grade school and high school. Yeah, um, in Joliet, mm-hmm. which is different diocese. Let's let's get to some of your your hobbies. Mm-hmm. You you hike, you cook, um, and you grew up with your dad, uh, in in working on cars in the garage, I assume, and mm-hmm. you're into auto racing. Tell us a little bit about your hobbies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, growing up, uh, that was what led me to engineering again. It's just my my dad as a um, you know muscle car guy from the from the sixties and seventies, and so um, so always had cars around that he was working on. He liked to work on the cars, and um, and so I got to learn a little bit of that. You know, when I was growing up, and then when I got my own cars, we just do simple maintenance stuff myself on it, and then uh, um, eventually getting my own my own car to work on and do some performance upgrades and things like that. It was just it was, it, 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 I think the the two things were were getting to work with my hands and 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 taking something apart, putting it back together, and having it work. You know, it was just always just like a, a great experience for me. And then and then yeah, and then driving, um, you know, uh, driving the, those cars around. I just to this day, I when I'm driving a car, I'm often just aware of just the number of systems and all the things that just have to actually work for this to keep going. <laughs> and and I'm just amazed at it. I'm like, this is a this is really a technological wonder that we just take for granted. You know, here. So, um, so yeah, so grew up doing that. And then, yeah, being in, in, involved in auto racing, I wanted to be a race car driver. I mean, really when I was a kid, that's, that's what I wanted to do. Driving at the Indianapolis 500 was, was, that was, that was a bit of a dream, um, for me, but, uh, and we had some, me and my brother had, had some go-karts when we were kids and we'd take it out to a parking lot and run them around a little bit. And, um, but, uh, never went far beyond that, um, as far as, uh, uh, engaging any sort of actual racing, but, um, but yeah, so so kind of keep up with that. Kind of want you keep up on auto racing just to for the te- you know for the enjoyment of it. Um, keep up what's going on in the auto industry and, and new cars and stuff. Just because again that that interest there. Um, more of these years though, like you know the things that really kind of like help me to you know, just relax is to just yeah I go for a hike in the woods. Um, uh, you know. Uh, just take take some time at home to just to prepare a, a meal. You know that's 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 really good, especially if I can share it with somebody else or go out for a meal. Um, I, I like to tell people that I that I love exploring other people's cultures, especially through food. So, um, and that brings up you said when you were an engineer in the pre-interview that you you've gone to some exotic places uh, yeah. when you were an engineer. Mm-hmm. The Orient, um, mm-hmm. Asia. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that because that's different cultures for sure. Absolutely, yeah. I when I was uh, working for Delphi, um, had a number of suppliers that that we worked with who were um, Asian uh, electronics companies, and so so I got to travel to Japan to to visit their <clears throat> excuse me their engineering offices, and then a lot of their manufacturing facilities that might be in. Um, some of them were in China, some of them were in Taiwan. One was in Taiwan. One was in. Um, Thailand. Um, so, so yeah, so I've been, been to a number of those countries a number of times and yeah, just exploring all those, all those places. When I was in engineering school, I spent a summer, um, doing an exchange program at an engineering school in France, um, and the Western, excuse me, the Eastern part of France. Um, so I got to travel around Europe, um, a lot and really just enjoyed that and just, yeah, absolutely found that one of the, <laughs> I didn't mark it as a, as a recreation cause it just seems weird. Um, might seem creepy, but like people watching is, is a wonderful thing for me. I just, I love seeing other people live their lives and just 
you know, and just kind of observe how they interact with each other and, and, and see their relationships and things. It's, uh, I don't know, there's just something about it that, that puts me in touch with, helps me, helps me to feel more in touch with the greater, you know, society and greater, sure. and greater humanity. You know, we're, we're all on a journey and it's all, it's, we won't know until we die how it all, all the puzzle pieces fit together for mm -hmm. sure. So do you have a favorite saint, Father? Sure. Uh, obviously, my my namesake Dominic, uh, Saint Dominic of the Order of Preachers, um, founder of the Order of Preachers. Uh, he, you know, I turn to him often, um, especially now as a priest. Saint Andrew the Apostle uh, is my confirmation saint. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't want to say that I'm a fatalist, but I, I always look for connections, you know, with people. And so Saint Andrew's feast day is my birthday. So, oh, good. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and and it was interesting. I, I chose him. I chose him mostly for that, only to discover that my older brother, when he chose his confirmation saint name, he he chose Saint Peter. And so it's like, well, didn't Andrew introduce Peter to Jesus? Yes, exactly. So, okay, well, there you go. So brotherly connection there. Um, and then one in particular that that I discovered as a young adult is uh, Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati, um, you know, a great young man from uh, northern Italy in the early 20th century and uh, just a great um you know, it was very, he really inspired me after that young adult um, reversion to the faith or re adult awakening to the faith um, to, to really live my faith out and to, and to, you know, to go on adventure. And so that's where I really oh, yeah. picked up. He liked up the on, hike, right? Exactly. That's why I picked up on going on hikes and really discovered how much I, I, I loved it. And you see this young adult group, but I think there, there was a Frasati society that came out of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. You were probably a part of that. Absolutely. In the day. Yep. Yeah, it was. Uh, in fact, one of their uh, one of their conferences was um, was one of the first um, things that really kind of got me plugged in and made made me realize as a young adult, like, oh my gosh, there are other young adults and that are that are like me and um, are in the same space trying to figure out life. And um, so it was a that was a that was a great resource for me. I've got many friends that I made from that group that I, that I maintain today. Well, God bless you for that. God bless you for your vocation. Uh, yeah. We can't do this without. The priests, I, I pray, and uh, those around me pray every single day for priests uh, in your vocation. So we want to thank you for that, thank you, Father Pitan. And we also want to encourage others. So if you have some closing remarks here, what would you tell parents of children, of especially boys, that uh, who think they, their son might have a vocation? Well, I would say, uh, I generally say uh, to parents, um, that their role is to make sure that their sons and daughters know that a religious vocation is a possibility for them. And like that, your mom. Exactly. You know, that, that, you know, to, as you, as they're exploring different things, um, as their children are exploring different possibilities, um, to, to make sure that they put in front of them this possibility of a vocation to the priesthood, a possibility of a vocation to religious life. Because, you know, because too often I think, um, you know, they just, we just allow our, our young people to just kind of follow their desires, which is fine, which is what I did. And that's what my parents did, you know, allowed me to do, but, but to, but to put that in and, and to, to kind of say, okay, but we, but you, you know, as a Catholic, you should explore this as a possibility first. And, and, and if you've, and if you've given it a chance, you've given God a chance to, to, to look at that, then, then great. And you, and you still feel called to something else, then great. You know, um, who am I to tell you what your vocation is? Um, uh, but, um, but that's number one, number two, just number, number two actually is probably number one, which is be, you know, be as faithful as you can you know, in the house, you just witness to the faith in your house. It's not enough 
to to say, well, we have to do this, be, or you should do this because you're Catholic, right? You know, you should explore this because you're Catholic. It's it's no. This is just this is just something we do because this is how we live our faith in the world. We we strive to know God's will and to do it. Um, and and parents, if you're witnessing to that um, by by the way you're living that out in your life, well, then that's going to make that a lot easier for your for your son or daughter to to explore that in his or her life as well. So um, so that's kind of first, and then the second is that explicit putting that in front of them. Great answer, Father. Thank you. Today we've been interviewing Father Dominic Pitan of the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana. I want to thank you for your time today, Father, and thank you for your vocation. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you for what you're doing. You've been listening to a special edition of Faith in Action entitled Sons of Melchizedek. Join us again next time when we'll feature another priest from the area. If you are interested in having your priest appear on this show, please contact us at Catholic Radio Indy.